0: had an emergency fund. And when you have one, you have an emergency. And so being the kind of person that has the three months, I just have that feels so much different. It feels so much better. The trust piece isn't that I'm afraid that it's just going to evaporate or that I'm just going to go blow it somewhere. That's not there. It's the trust piece of, is this me strangling it again?
1: Well, and I think for you, just some of the other coaching conversations that we've had, there really is trauma around unexpected expenses and just like that surprise and it's not a good surprise. And so what you and I have talked about is like sort of creating your own stability around that by having a certain amount set aside. It's not that you're setting it aside per se because you think that the money is going to leave you, but more that you're choosing your own nervous system and you're saying like I can handle anything that comes. And what might be fun to do too is Set aside a certain percentage of it also for fun, unexpected thing. Whether it's expected or unexpected, unexpected fun or unexpected expense, it's all covered because that's just part of life and you trust that money is circulating and that money can stay with you and grow and that it'll get put to work. I like that. Hi, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here. I wanted to share an incredible free resource with you. That's been a money game changer for more than a thousand women and a few men too. my money wounds quiz will quickly diagnose your top money wounds, and then you'll get access to a free masterclass on how to heal them. I get comments all the time sharing how life-changing this resource is, and no one can believe it's free. Just go to moneywoundsquiz.com to get started. Hello, and welcome back to the M Makes Money Show. Ooh, I have such a good episode for you guys today. As you have heard me mention, I've been wanting to showcase more coaching on the podcast. I think it's really the heart of my work. It's where the conversations end up taking us into so many fun places, and there's healing Not just for the client who's receiving the coaching, but for everyone else who gets to bear witness. So before I introduce our guest, this is actually a perfect time to talk about something that I'm so fired up about, which is my mastermind, the Becoming Mastermind. And it's for the same reason I just shared. When we put ourselves in mastermind spaces where we're able to witness other people receiving coaching, it honestly is so transformative because you're learning from their issues, their celebrations, anything that's sticky for them and the other person and the next person and the next person and yourself. So talk about a quantum leap. Now, all of a sudden, instead of just having one-on-one coaching, it's like you've 10x the effect of that because you're getting your own one-on-one coaching. And you're also getting to bear witness to other women receiving one-on-one coaching that's personalized for them. And you're getting to learn so much from the insights that they bring forward as well. So I have just been feeling really fired up about The Becoming and want to invite other multi-six-figure, seven-figure women entrepreneurs into this space. This is for 12 months of wealth expansion. It's for women who really know that they're meant for big wealth and big impact. And they want to go far. And they know that they need to be supported in order to do that. They want to be in intimate spaces with other women where these women are their biggest cheerleaders. These women see them in their power where they're able to receive really intimate and precise mentorship. I get to know you so well over the course of a year that something where you might think it's an isolated coaching event, I can pull things that came up months ago that I remember and see the pattern and weave it all together for you. I honestly think that's one of the biggest reasons to put yourself into long-term coaching spaces because the coaching just gets better and better and better over time. So, if you're interested in exploring the Becoming Mastermind, it is an application basis. The annual investment is 33k or it's 3333 per month and we've got women in there doing $100,000 cash months, $10,000 cash months and everything in between. So, would love to explore that with you. Now, my guest is someone who is in a different mastermind container that I hold, and her name is Sarah Jordan. And Sarah helps women use the strengths of their cycle phases in business, social media, motherhood, parenting, and life, which is such a cool offering. Honestly, I think we need more women out there talking about their cycles and How to Cycle Sync to Make Life So Much More Effortless and More Joyful. You guys are going to love Sarah. And she brings some really insightful questions to the table. And I also just want to honor the fact that when you allow your coaching to be shared on a podcast, that is some next level courage because she didn't hold back. She was willing to be intimate, be vulnerable, share anything that came up in the coaching session, knowing that then it was going to be shared on the podcast. So that is some next level vulnerability. And I just want to applaud Sarah for that. And I know that you guys are going to love this episode where we talk about the money trust wound and what to do with lump sum payments versus monthly recurring payments and how to get on the same page with your spouse about all things money. So without further ado, let's dive in. Sarah Jordan. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to dive into our session.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited too.
1: So I know that you had a topic that you wanted to bring forward. So let's start there.
0: So in the last couple of months, I have made, I've actually had my third five-figure month in a row and it was only on the 12th that it happened this month. And I'm like, yay!
1: Congratulations. Um, And there's so much month left. I know. Only 18 days in. It's amazing.
0: I know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. My first one was in April and then the last three in a row have been. And so in April, this thought was there, but the ability to do so wasn't there. And so I just let it go. And I was like, whatever, because April was a paid in full for a year. So last week I had someone pay in full for six months of private coaching. And there's this thought of like, okay, so because it's for six months, really, I should only have access to the first 1700 for this month and 1700 Mm -hmm. for next month. And the rest needs to just be like set aside and waiting for the next month to come rather than using it now. And there's this part of me that's like, yes, that's the wise, logical, smart thing to do. And then there's this Mm -hmm. other part of me that's, but more is coming. So it doesn't matter. And I have like this dissonance in these two pieces of myself. And I was just so curious what you have to say about that. I love
1: that you're bringing this forward because I think this actually happens for a lot of us. And I've seen some clients like subconsciously block fulls because they feel like, well, my expenses are measured out every month. Yes. But do you want the now money or do you want the later money? And both are good. Honestly, both are good. So essentially, okay, the painful money came in and now do I trust myself with spending it now or do I trust myself more saving it or measuring it out and rationing it? So on surface, there's no real right or wrong answer to this. But what we want to get to is like what feels most aligned to you so that you're not making the decision from a money wound or from a trigger, but you're making it from wealthy and wise version of you. So what do your monthly expenses look like associated with your business?
0: It's about 5200 a month because of the nanny. That's the biggest single expense.
1: Okay. But obviously, no one single client would be sort of expected to cover all of the expenses, right? No. So I think there's a few ways of doing it. You could say, when I really tap in the thing that feels juiciest, most sustainable, most boss-like to me is to know that I have the expenses for the next six months set aside whether it's from this client's payment or other clients or some mixture that could feel the best and it could also feel best to lean into the idea that like well is this going to be my last painful ever and do i always pay each month's expenses with the money that's coming in that same month or can i expand my belief in the circulation of money so that instead of it being this 30 days, this much needs to come in because in this 30 days, this much goes out and it's instead expand to like a quarterly picture or a six month picture. When I'm sort of talking through these options, is there one that sort of feels more abundant in your body?
0: I like having the six months set aside, but I think it's programming from a very prominent money person from years ago. And a lot of that programming has not served me in recent years. And so I think there's okay. resistance there to that also. I have never had the suggested three to six month savings set aside until the last month. And so that has felt really good because it's there. And yet some of it's sitting there and I know it's going to go out in January for taxes, which is okay, but it's there if something were to happen. And so that has felt good. And so there's the part of me that's like, yes, let's go ahead and set that aside so that it's available if. I guess there's not more.
1: Okay. So here's an important reframe around this. When we're setting money aside, we want to look at it from an identity perspective, not an a circumstantial perspective. So what your mind is saying, oh, I have this money set aside so that if something bad happens or if there's something unexpected, then I can cover an expense, which we really, from a law of attraction perspective, don't want to be inviting that in. Yeah. Instead of just saying, well, I'm just the kind of person that has three months of expenses set aside, not because I think I'm going to need them. That's just the kind of person I am because that feels so good in my body and it makes me feel so safe and it makes me feel like a boss and I really am disciplined with my money. So that's just the kind of person I am.
0: I really like that.
1: So that's part of it is like changing this narrative. Now, I want to dig into what I call the money trust wound, because my sense is that might be what's going on kind of underneath sort of at the core of this, right? And the money trust wound is like, I don't trust myself with money. And the way that that can play out is in sort of codependent relationships where even though maybe we're making the money, if it's a purchase over a certain amount, it's like we almost want our spouse's permission, even though, They may not really even understand what we're trying to spend it on, but it's like there's something in us that's sneaky, sneaky. I want you to say yes to this as well so that if this goes south and I screwed it all up, it's not totally me on the line because you also signed off on it. Right. (laughs) Or sometimes we might find ourselves doing it with like a parent where all of a sudden we're considering buying a new vehicle and we're like on the phone with mom being like, I don't know if I should do it. And it's like, Okay, well isn't that interesting that I don't fully trust myself to just buy this car, but I like want to talk through it with my mom, which by the way, nothing wrong with us talking to our moms about purchases. It's just noticing what the energetics is, and then the way that it plays out more subtly as our wealth grows is like I defer to my wealth strategist. I would have to talk to my accountant about that where we put people on our money team and then We sort of outsource all of our power and our decision-making to them because, again, secretly, we still don't totally trust ourselves and we're afraid that we're going to screw it up. So I'm pro having an accountant. I'm pro having a wealth strategist and all of that. But we want to do it from a place of empowerment and not where we're trying to outsource those things. And so the way it's coming through for you, perhaps, if you resonate with this, is like, I trust myself with normal monthly client payments. That feels normal. But as soon as I have a bigger amount or a lump sum amount come in, I don't fully trust myself. I'm not sure. Do I do this? Do I do that? And the only reason that you don't trust yourself is because you think that maybe there's a wrong move and that you could screw it up.
0: That's well put of the, what if I make the wrong choice? And at the same time, it's like, well, then we'll figure that out when we get there. But there is that there. The money trust piece, it resonates, but in a way that's more in the past. I've been very, like I've strangled money. And so we've always had what we've needed for the hot water heater went out. Well, we have enough to cover it because we expected, again, that law of attraction thing. I had an emergency fund. And when you have one, you have an emergency. And so being the kind of person that has the three months, I just have that, feels so much different. It feels so much better. And I, like the trust piece isn't that I'm afraid that it's just going to evaporate or that I'm just going to go blow it somewhere. That's not there. It's the trust piece of, is this me strangling it again?
1: Well, and I think for you, just some of the other coaching conversations that we've had, there really is trauma around unexpected expenses and just like that surprise. And it's not a good surprise. Hey, guess what? We need you to pay for this. Hey, guess what? Here's this bill for this thing that you weren't expecting and that you didn't fully decide on, but we need you to contribute because you're part of the family. And so what you and I have talked about is like, sort of creating your own stability around that by having a certain amount set aside. And so it's not that you're setting it aside per se because you think that the money is going to leave you, but more that you're choosing your own nervous system and you're saying like, I can handle anything that comes. And what might be fun to do too is set aside a certain percentage of it also for fun, unexpected things. So it's like, if your favorite band is coming to town, you're like, wait, what? They're playing? You have this fun money set aside. And so again, it's like, you're the kind of person who just has this money set aside. You've got cushion, whether it's expected or unexpected, unexpected fun or unexpected expense. It's all covered because that's just part of life. And you trust that money is circulating and that money can stay with you and grow and that it'll get put to work. I like that. I really think having sort of the unexpected fun money is important too, because your body is sort of ready for every surprise to be a bad one.
0: This is true. No, in the recent past, that's been true. We're done with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Forget that story. The lesson is now you're ready for anything. Thank you. You're welcome. And congratulations on the full. It's a good quote unquote problem to have. But I also just want to say, because I have seen coaches that for whatever reason, all of their clients pay in full, and then they feel very unsteady in their business, just watch it and notice it for yourself. Because for example, you don't have to offer pay in full to everyone. You could just offer it to a certain number of spots in each thing that you're launching. You could just offer monthly installments. And then if people ask for a pay in full link, you give it to them. So you get to play with this because there isn't really one that's inherently better than the other. And typically for most businesses, it's nice to have a mix of both.
0: I actually have a pretty decent mix of both. I have about 3,500 in residual every month right now in payments, And then, yeah, when the painfuls come, it's like this healthy surprise.
1: So what I would look at is let's get your recurring up to like 8 to 10K a month. That's the goal. Yeah, because then all of a sudden the expenses are already covered and we already know they're covered. And so then the panfuls truly get to be fun money. Okay, what do I want to do with this? Does this go in the house fund? Does this pay for the next six months with my own coach? Or you get to decide, and it truly is just like the cherry on top because you know that the monthly recurring is covering all of your expenses with a nice cushion on
0: top of it. That's fun. Yes, yeah. I am um, eagerly anticipating that day.
1: Absolutely. So I really think that's like the ideal because then all of a sudden the pain falls, you don't feel like you have to do something super important with it. Ooh, I get to play. Yes. This is so fun. How do I want to play with this money? I love that. Cool. what else? Does your husband,
0: I guess I don't know a ton about you, does he work still?
1: Yeah. So okay. he is the CEO of our agency business.
0: So my husband is still at his nine to five that he's had for 22 years. And okay. last, I guess a little over a week ago, I called a local spa, locals two hours away, to book a day there, which was really an anomaly to them, which I thought was kind of odd. But anyway, they're like, wait, you want to be here all day? Is like, uh huh. And it was my celebration, my anchoring in for a 15K month in September. And I hadn't, I told him I was going, but we were supposed to be there in that neighborhood anyway. And circumstances changed and I had to drive there and I had to drive back that day, but that was okay. It was still time for me, which I loved. And when I'm booking it, she's like, yeah, well, we could do your massage here and we could do your many petty here and we could do your salt glow here. And she's like organizing the day so that I can do all of these different services that they offer. And so do you want to check with your husband on that? I was like, no, it's my money. And that's the first time that I've been able to do that, which felt freaking amazing. And so a few days later, I shared that with him. And then a few days after that, actually, at the end of that spa day, when I got home, he's like, I really want to talk to you about this, because it bothered me that Mm -hmm. you said it was your money when you've been home for the last couple of years. And what I made was still our money. Mm -hmm. And so we talked it through and he didn't realize that it was what I had chosen to do to anchor in. September. He didn't realize that it was the celebration piece of that. I hadn't said that. So that piece kind of flipped it in his mind a little bit. He's like, okay, I understand. And then when he found out the total was like $400 for the day, he's like, oh, I thought it was $1,500 or something like that. I was like, no, it's not much. Actually, I expected more and it wasn't. And he's like, oh, because there's this camera that he wants. And he's like, so when it's me making the money, it's our money and it goes to everything. But it's when you're making the money, it goes to what you want. And I'm like, no, it was $400 out of 15,000 that went to a day of what I wanted. And if I felt safe enough to buy you a camera, when I feel safe enough to buy you the camera, I will. And so it wasn't like I was trying to jab at him or anything like that. When I told her, no, it's my money. I don't need to check with him because where we're at right now is that his income is covering the most of the necessities. And then mine is covering my business expenses. And then anything on top of that is fun. And so I guess, can you give me some perspective on when it's our money, when it's my money, when it's his money, what that looks like from a different relationship?
1: This is so good. And I think it's hard when we're in it to see it this way, but it really is a gift that this came up because typically what will happen is we will say, I want to be making $20,000 a month. Okay, universe, I am ready for it. 20,000 every month. And then what happens is universe shows us all of the places where we're not fully in alignment with that yet. And that looks like arguments, things coming up, stuff that we don't want.
0: Well, and and we're really, our communication is incredible. And so when he brought it to me, like it was, okay, get over the emotion piece and let's actually dig around here and find what is here. And by the end of the conversation that evening, we were totally good,
1: but it is my money. Right. Totally. And I hear you like this wasn't a big blow up argument or anything, but it's the fine tuning, right? Because I know a big part of you wants him to be able to leave that job. And so follow me on this. You're setting a financial goal. That financial goal involves him being able to leave his job. And so what's coming up for you to work on is the idea of whose money is it and what are the rules around spending it. You see how connected that all is? Absolutely, yes. So again, it's like, I think part of it is you guys separately and then coming together saying, what's our ideal version of this? So let's say that Sarah's business is bringing in $20,000 a month every month. It's sustainable. We can rely on that. If there's more, that's great. But we know there's 20K a month and your husband's not in his job anymore. What are the rules, so to speak, around the money. That's good. So there's really no real answer there, but it's just like cleaning it up for you guys. So your question was about Jeff and I. And so I'll just share for years, for most of our marriage, Jeff and I had separate bank accounts. We didn't even have a joint account. I don't think we just had separate accounts. And it was sort of like, okay, you pay this and you pay this. And we just sort of like divvied it up or we'd transfer money to each other. Here's my half of rent and you're the one who pays it. This actually was all set up based on my own money wounds. And it took me a long time to see that for what it was. But my parents who are still married have never trusted each other with money. Mainly my dad not trusting my mom. And so they've always had separate accounts. And because there was a lot of money conflict between the two of them, I sort of adopted my dad's perspective in my own life, which is like, I need to be in charge of my money. When I'm in charge of it, it makes me feel safe. I'm the one who needs to make sure that the household is running and that all of the bills are paid. I can't fully rely on my spouse for that. And even though I didn't have a ton of evidence for it, it was like, I would look for ways that I felt that he was being irrational with money and use that mentally to support my position of actually needing to create safety. And part of my way of creating safety was keeping him out of the account. It was like, if everything goes sideways, I know that I'm in control of this money and that feels really good. So for us, When I really noticed that for what it was and was able to like do my own healing around it, that's when we were able to bring everything together joint. And for the most part, we don't really ask permission from each other. But what we do is we give each other a heads up on like bigger expenses. And so I find that that's really helpful for me, maybe even more than it is for him, but it takes away that unexpected piece. And so I don't like it if I'm logging into our account and I see, I don't know exactly what big would be, but let's call it like over $700. Yeah. So something that feels like a bigger chunk and I don't know what it was for. And I don't know if it's the only one. I don't know if he's planning on five more this month. Right. That feels scary to me. But when he is just like, hey, heads up, I'm gonna be making this purchase and it's gonna be about this amount. Then it's like, oh, okay. He's not asking for my permission. It's not like it's my money or his money. We don't look at it that way because we're in each other's businesses enough. Like, I can't do the coaching business if the agency isn't being run by him and yada, yada. So I think it's just figuring out like what feels good to you guys.
0: We get to work on that.
1: Yeah. And like it gets to be fun because there gets to be a vision around it. And your story reminds me a little bit of, Melanie talking about the Lambo and how people would comment to Kevin and say, like, nice car, man. Yeah. And that just sort of rubbed her the wrong way. And she was like, hey, how would you feel about telling people? Thanks. It's my wife's. Sure. So I think helping him also just understand the context that like he's never had the human experience of being a woman in this lifetime. And so for him, it might seem like, wait, what's going on here? But he hasn't had all of those little chip away kind of things where people just assume, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. Oh, what does your husband do for a living? You're like, wait, no, actually, I work. All of those little comments that make assume that he is the breadwinner. And so for you, it felt like this important and empowering moment to be like, no, I don't have to check with him. And by the way, isn't that such a weird question to ask someone anyway?
0: That was a common objection I had in my pre, well, I still have my network marketing business, but I don't do it much. But that was a common objection from people is like, well, I have to check with my husband. And I know I invited it because it was his money. And I checked with him all the time for anything at that season of my life. And so it was a very common objection from people that I was talking to trying to get in the business. But then when the spa owner is receptionist is asking me that, I'm like, I called to book the appointment. Why would you You didn't call me to book the appointment.
1: (laughs) It's so bizarre, but thankfully like there was a gift in it for you and your husband because look, if and when all the money is coming from your business, it's like, does he get a say in you hiring a coach that might cost $50,000, $100,000 or is that a business expense and that's something that you get to decide on your own and as long as the bills are being covered, he doesn't get a say in the rest? Or does he get a certain amount of fun money that just goes into an account for him so that he feels like he has full control over some of it? There's no right or wrong here, but it's just figuring out what's going to feel good to you guys so that there isn't, he might be harboring subconscious resistance to actually
0: quitting his job. I'm actually interested, I guess, to see what happens when that consistent like 20 to 30 K is coming in and he could walk at any moment to see how long he stays. Because I want to be that freedom of like, do you want to or do you not want to? Yeah. Technically, what he has said in the past is that he would like to be able to buy out the remaining years so that he has his full retirement mm. from that mm-hmm. position, which in the world of predictable and even possibility, that's probably two years out still in order to be able to buy out the rest of his time to the 30 mm-hmm. year mark. But like, I'm good with that if that's what he desires. and. If he comes home in the middle of January after a snow plowing shift and a micromanaging boss and he's like, I'm not going back, that's okay too.
1: Yeah, I love that. Just giving him the choice and seeing how it all plays out. And it's possible, who knows, like maybe in six months or a year, it's the point where you don't really need his income, but you're not a, I don't know what the how the buyout works if it has to be a full amount, but maybe he can just keep going to work and not taking a paycheck and the paycheck goes towards the buyout okay, that makes sense. And if not, you guys just set aside each paycheck of his. So it's like 100% of it goes into this account. And then we get to decide if the buyout makes the most sense, or if it makes the most sense to whatever, put a down payment on an Airbnb and let that cash flow and let your retirement be what it is. and,
0: And then there's the part of me that's like, well, so I met my 21 income in the first five and a half months of the year. Last week we officially doubled it in less time than Amazing. it took to me the first time. Yes, Congrats. And let's see. Last week was also my first 12 month consecutive 100K. And when I'm seeing this, the trajectory of this, I'm like, you're really gonna stay at the job you don't like for retirement that's gonna pay you two to three thousand dollars a month. But his head isn't where mine is yet, and the evidence isn't fully there for him yet. And I understand that, and I want him to be safe in whatever the decision is when it is. And so,
1: I just think this conversation might really open a lot of those doors to uncover what it's really about. Is it truly just safety for him? Or is there a part of him that feels a really important identity around providership and we have secretly is worried about about you being fully in charge? I don't know.
0: We have had that conversation because he's off this week and we're still nanny less. I actually have someone to call this afternoon to come tomorrow to interview. But anyway. And so he's with the kids this week while I'm working. And honestly it's not been as Like, it's been good. It hasn't, I'm not sure what I anticipated, but it's been good. And we've had the conversation around, like, you know, when I work on a day that I don't normally work, when it's a weekend, and I'm like, I really need to deliver this piece of content on Sunday. Would it be okay if? And gosh, the amount of providership that he gives me in that, it's Mm -hmm. not financial, but it's, yeah, I got the kids, you got whatever amount of time that you need, or babe, I need to eat. I'm shaking. I'm in between courses and he'll make me a case get really fast. The providership pieces that are in place that he recognizes as providership. And I do too, that are not financial. That conversation has been had and it's been so cool.
1: Oh, good. I'm so glad it took me a long time to get there. And now I'm like, Oh, my husband's providership is so next level. All of the things that he does for the kids in the family outside of work is worth like thousands and thousands of dollars every month.
0: Yes. And honestly, I'm like, when we reach the day where he is here full time or doing something other than what he's doing right now, he could take him to co-op every week. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like the drive. And he's a professional driver. Go drive them everywhere. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. You're like, this is so perfect.
0: Oh my gosh. Well,
1: I am so excited for you. Thank you so much for bringing this stuff forward. And I really feel like you've got such a strong foundation in place in your business. Your money mindset has come such a long way. You and your husband are in such a good place. I just cannot wait to see what the next six months and beyond holds for you.
0: Thank you so much, dear.
1: You're so welcome. I trust that you guys loved spending time with Sarah and I as much as I loved it. Isn't she amazing? So go give her a follow. She's on Instagram at Sarah underscore P underscore Jordan. That's Sarah with an H. And you can find her on Facebook, Sarah Jordan as well. And she has a free group on Facebook called Femme Power. So we will link all of that in the show notes. Now, here were my top takeaways from the episode. Number one, no financial decision is inherently right or wrong. We just want to make decisions from an empowered place rather than from a trigger. Number two, changing the story from an emergency fund to I'm the kind of person who has three months set aside just because I do is very powerful. Number three, the money trust wound can show up at all levels of wealth. And often a symptom that we can notice from that wound is us deferring to someone else's decision around money. Number four, when we order a big financial leap from the universe, universe will show us where we're not yet in alignment. It's a gift so that we can clean it up. And number five, exploring our ideal money setup with our spouse is an invitation for both partners to get aligned with a vision and not hold on to any sneaky resistance. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in to the M Makes Money show. If you would, please, please, please leave us a review. Your reviews help other people to find this podcast. You can also share this episode if something landed for you or tell a friend or family member about it. If you think that they may be interested in this show or tell a friend and family member who you think might be interested in this show. Thank you so much for helping to spread the word. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Listeners like you make this show what it is. So thank you for tuning in please subscribe, leave a review and share this show with someone you love. I always appreciate listener feedback. So feel free to slide into my DMS on Instagram at MMakesMoney makes as well. And if you want to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, head to emilywilcox.com to explore until next time I'm sending you all the magic money vibes.